0: He had it, lost it. Iserman picks it up. Iserman moving. Blue line chance. Steve Woo-hoo! 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 Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the Hockey Know-It-Alls, KJ and Zach Mass.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass, live during Game 5. As we record this, it's a little later in the afternoon or evening, but uh, it'll be fun to get some live reactions to this game. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by Zach Mack. How are you doing tonight, bud?
0: Hey, I'm doing well, KJ. I appreciate that. This is uh, this is exciting. This is the first time we've done this. And uh, we are just past halfway through the second period as we record. Boozer up 1-0, just to catch everyone up.
1: Yeah, so um, or, well, I guess we just gave away the score, but uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the game by the time you hear this, uh, we're going to talk a lot about this game. Uh, but first, let us we have a jam-packed show, uh, a lot of fun stuff, but let's just get right into games three and four. Since we've recorded, uh, each team has won a game, uh, series is tied 2-2, and each team kind of won their respective game in a totally different fashion. Uh, first in Game Three, Boston comes out with a huge seven to two blowout win. Uh, what did you think after that game? Was it was the series kind of a little bit leaning towards being over for you?
0: Yes, yes and no. Honestly, it was the first it was the first game this postseason that I shut off to not turn on another game. I mean, obviously, every other round I've had a game I could shut off a game and turn on another game, but uh, this. I, it seemed like in game – that was, yeah, game three. Um, the very end of the first period – to me, it seemed like the Blues just ended the first period like two minutes too soon. And the Bruins were just yeah. able to ice the game away. And at that point, I shut it off. I was like, I, this is not even fun for me to watch. Uh, I didn't – in that in that regard, I was I was frustrated with the way the Blues were playing. But at the same time, I didn't – once the game was over – I did not really – I don't know that I had the notion that the series was over, but I thought for sure that the Bruins had a huge advantage.
1: Yeah, and in hockey, it's it's one of those things where if you get blown out one time, the skill gap doesn't really – like you can never close that skill gap again. Like when guys – most teams, when they win 7-2, you see basically their best for however many more games are in that series – and I think St. Louis responded moving on to Game 4 really, really well with a 4-2 victory of their own. And they they dominated that game in certain aspects. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that most of Boston's defense is getting mm-hmm. hurt or still hurt. Um, but they just looked like the better team in Game 4. So we really had – we still have no answer on who – who is the better team going into what is now a best of three?
0: Yeah, this as much as we talked about how huge Game Three was, and then based on Game Three, how huge Game Four was. I mean, it's Stanley Cup final. It's cliche to say every game's huge, but this uh, this Game Five is it's so pivotal.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of storylines going into a Game Five. In with uh, we got we got to do this early. I I need like ninety seconds.
0: Oh, okay, okay, bright and early. Let's do it.
1: I, I cannot get over the fact that we're worshiping Zdeno Chara for playing tonight. Yes, is it tough and unthinkable to, to play in a game with a broken jaw that he suffered in game four? So less than four days, he's he's had a broken jaw. And he's out there playing his game with, you know, basically a piece of plastic protecting his jaw. And we're we're, like, in hero mode for this guy. I... I want hockey players to be tough too. It's a really big thing about hockey culture, but there's, to me, there's a line and he has crossed the line from tough to dangerous, dumb, dangerous, whatever, whichever way you're looking at it. it it's not worth, and I don't know the, the medicine behind it and what a broken jaw can like be made worse by or how it's made worse and what that turns into permanent damage. I'd assume like, there are so many like he's an old hockey player, but he's a relatively young guy. He's 42. He's got a lot of life to live. I I know this is for a lot of people a once in a lifetime opportunity, but if you have to be hesitant and you, you know, you can't get hit in certain spots, you're not going to be a hundred percent of the player you are. So you're not only possibly hurting yourself for the rest of your life. You're hurting your team in just that one game. Even if they lose the season's not over. And if he, feels better closer to a full week after this, and is comfortable, and the doctors think it's okay, let him go out and play for game six. To me, this is stupid, it's dangerous, and it's really not something as a hockey community we should be worshiping. I know that's not going to change anyone's mind, but to me, I just I don't want to see these guys get hurt forever, whether it's concussions, a broken jaw, or however his face would be ruined. It, it's, it's not worth it for, for one game. Uh, no matter the, the stakes. And that's that's just – that's my early 90-second uh, so, rant.
0: Okay, so this th- – most rants I've agreed with you on. Um, this one I'm going to challenge you a little bit, and I say a little bit because I – likewise, I don't really know the long-term effects of, you know, re-injuring a broken jaw or whatever it may be um, or tweaking it or whatever. Uh, I Because I you're right, I'm, I'm with the majority in that I like toughness in hockey – I think it's something hockey can hang its hat on versus other sports as far as playing through injuries. So I, to be honest with you, at the beginning of the rant, I was going to challenge you a ton because I like to, I, I, I tend to like the fact that he's out there playing with an injury for his team, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, the long-term effect you hear about these guys who are 20, 10, 20 years retired and they're, they're coming out with injuries that happened while they were playing and, you just don't like to see that as a community.
1: Yeah, and I, I get why people like it, and I don't think you're wrong to like like that these guys are tough. I just – to me, there's just a limit, and I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there, there can't be further effects from anything that happens. I just find that hard to believe, and the position it puts your team in, I feel – uh, isn't worth it in itself so there's just so many factors to me um and i don't think any less of chara than i i still don't think he's a very good player too so that's like that's part of it they didn't have anybody who could who could step in not in a leadership role obviously but he just doesn't seem like he's a bit like he we got to know him throughout his career so but i understand the pushback that'll probably get a lot of pushback but I mean, sometimes there there's always an injury to some people that shouldn't be played through, and for me, it's this one.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and I enjoyed your tweet about the you know doctor sitting always yeah. just getting ready to say <laughs> I told you so, and and it's so true. I mean, I'll, I know Charles is a, a big guy, but it, I mean, I hit up high, or if he's got his head down, and someone hits his head, and or or a tipped puck, even I'm I'm not sure how much the mask is going to help. I it seems like if it truly is like all the way broken and it just gets like a nudge or something like that, it could just be so bad.
1: Yeah. And in a lot of teams don't really have trouble going after, like they're not going to, you know, high stick them to the face intentionally. Right. Um, but if they have a chance to finish a check on Chara, he's put himself in this position and they shouldn't have a problem hitting him. And obviously not intentionally to the jaw, but, but if the, if they you know give him a little check from the side into the boards and charo gets a little loose and hits his face on the boards whose fault is that it's not the player who hit him yeah you know he didn't break Charo's jaw in game 4 he just accidentally made an injury worse that shouldn't have probably been on the ice um but that's i I don't want to get too into it cuz like i said neither of us are doctors unless this is like a side hustle for you, but <laughs>
0: well, um, <laughs> well, I mean, hey, it was perfectly timed because as we record, they are flashing through highlights of Char's physicality through the game so far.
1: It was funny on, on my screen; they were literally like going through the yeah, hits yeah, yeah. as you were talking about <laughs> him getting hit. Uh, yeah, that was good timing. Um, but it's been a great series. I mean, this that you know again doesn't take away from what a, a great series it's been so far and so even. And, and like I mentioned, we still don't really have the answers we usually have going into game five. But one of the things that's been obvious is Jordan Bennington is finding a middle ground from his elite status going into the series to pitiful at times. And now he's kind of in the middle is, is Bennington kind of proving himself a little bit more to you Is this. I know in a Bennington guy, so it's probably easier to say yes, but from a, from an objective standpoint is, is he kind of, coming up to the moment now instead of being afraid of it?
0: Yeah, I think it's a, uh, a little bit like uh, he kind of got a, a taste of failure at a big stage. And I. Was, that's huge. Uh, I mean, as awful as he was in Game 3, that's, that's going to do him so well throughout his career, I think, uh, as far as experience goes. But... I, I mean you're right. I'm a Bennington guy and I think, yeah, he's coming into a little bit of, of realizing the that, you know, everything's not easy. I don't know if he ever had that mentality, like, wow, this this is so easy, but but I think he's whether or not he had that, I, I think now he's realizing, okay, this is you know, this is big stage. This is I'm you know, I'm coming into my own. I'm I'm playing like, you know, a, a Stanley Cup final goaltender. But I also think that his as much talk as he gets about his up and down play, I mean, Rask has been such as, just as good this whole postseason, and I feel like he's stealing a lot of thunder from Rask. I, I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, I and I actually wrote about that um, yesterday. I, I talked about how the headlines are so pro-St. Louis, and maybe even if they're not pro-St. Louis, they're about St. Louis either way. Sure. Um, and I think a lot of the talk of – like you really have to be kind of tuned in to even know who's gonna win the con Smythe trophy. Because Tukarask is probably a lot of people's pick so far, but if, if you were just kinda of had this on in the background, you would think Jordan Bennington already won Yeah. So there is a little bit of that and not to say that I mean he probably wouldn't and didn't wouldn't deserve to win it if the blues come out and, and end up winning this series, but he'll be talked about. And deservedly so. Um, but I think he is in a, in a good middle ground. And his team tr- trusted him throughout all those troubles as well. And I think that's a huge part to a rookie goaltender. I think he's so good that we he's, he's a rookie goaltender. Yeah. He's in the Stanley Cup Final. So that's just something that I think some people get lost on, um, especially Boston fans who want Rast to get all the attention. And he does deserve a lot of attention. But uh, Rask also isn't twenty five, and he's been here before. Yeah,
0: that's so, true, and it's yeah. something to and, be said. Okay, so I you mentioned Conn a couple times. What uh, what are your thoughts on through four games, and I guess half of five? What do what are you think? in Conn Smythe was
1: well, if Petrangelo, wow, wow. As as you were saying that, I Petrangelo has been my dark or my sleeper, and he almost just put them ahead to nothing. Um, He's. I mean, he's a sleeper. I think Jaden Schwartz is up there because, remember, this isn't like finals MVP in basketball. Um, and I'm not talking to you, more the listener who might not know, but the Con Smythe is for the entire playoffs. So from game one of the first round to the last game of the finals, they're keeping you uh, – keeping all your stats and performances in check. For me, Jaden Schwartz, Brad Marchand – Tuukka Rask, and uh, it, I mean, Colton Pareko isn't getting any attention. He's been really good. I think those three are, are my would be my go to right now. If if Biddington shuts them out tonight and and in Game Six, maybe they just walk it right to him on the ice. But other than that, I think it's so so much in the air to be. Um, at least for the Conn Smythe. What about you?
0: Yeah, that's, I, I like your point about it being through the whole playoffs and not the uh, just the finals because, um, I mean, if it was just finals-wise, uh, uh, spoiler alert, uh, uh, t- t- O'Reilly scores in this game, and, you know, if it was just finals, I might give it to him. But I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I'd be willing to give it to Jaden Schwartz, having a hell of a postseason um, for St. Louis, Bennington as well. Uh, Rask for Boston. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't hate the Marshawn pick. I mean, honestly, I had every. I was, <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think of different answers than you had, but I had, I had everything written down that you yeah. had. So I'm not gonna try to fake my way through it. I, I agree with everything you said. I, it's, it's really, it's really gonna depend on these next two, two possibly three games. I think.
1: Yeah, in in I was actually running into like as I was coming up with some cons my candidates. All, both these teams have, have contributions from everywhere. I mean, like, we, we know that uh, everyone but John Moore that's played for Boston has scored a goal in the playoffs.
0: Right. I mean, you can make so, an argument for Sean Carelli even. So
1: Yeah. I and mean, I mean, he's been so clutch. and um, Yeah. It, it, so it's, it's not surprising that have the same answers because if you've stood out, you've stood out for a while, yeah. it, especially in these playoffs. And that's not to say that there haven't been great performances. Um but I think those guys really own all the great performances as far as guys still playing.
0: Yeah, I would agree on so, all fronts there. And that brings us to a quiz.
1: Oh a uh, a con Smythe edition quiz. Oh boy. Um so one thing to note, each of these years as far as like the nineteen ninety whatever cup, that's when it was played. So it would be like – if it was 1990, it would be the 89-90 season. All right. Just to avoid any confusion. Okay. Um, we have five questions and then a, uh, a bonus question that will help you get back some of the points that you maybe didn't get uh, in our first quiz, which was a lot of them. All right. First question. In 1990, this, the Smythe winner was Wayne Gretzky, Marc Messier, Bill Ranford, or Paul Coffey for the Edmonton Oilers?
0: Oh, man. Can you can you read those answers one more time?
1: Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, or Bill Ranford?
0: Man, I don't recognize Bill Ranford at all, so I feel like he might be the answer, but... I'm gonna go with Wayne Gretzky.
1: Uh, you were right to think that uh the the black sheep was the answer.
0: Oh it was Ranford.
1: It was Ranford, a- okay. yeah. Okay. It was okay. it was kind of like the the most unlikely option. Um uh, but I wasn't sure if you'd like pick up if you were gonna think into that and i I've done that before, so I yeah, that's that's really the only trick question, I promise. In two thousand three okay the player who won the Conn Smythe did not play for the team that won the Stanley Cup. Was that Scott Stevens, jean Sebastien Sebastian Mike Rupp, or Jamie Langenbrunner?
0: did he play in the final.
1: He did play in the final, but he, he oh, lost okay. in the final. Sorry.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Chiguer.
1: Jaguar, all right. You're right. Oh. Yeah, I, I couldn't
0: – there was – So anti-combat. It would have been too obvious. That,
1: uh, <laughs> I know. It, I, was, I was looking for another Ducks player, but it was either Paul Correa who probably would have been – like, who was too obvious. Um, but, yeah, the, the Devils won in seven games, and uh, Jean Sebastian Jaguar was just unreal for the first three rounds.
0: I miss that man.
1: Yeah, what a goalie. He was a Redmond killer, though. Yeah. Um, all right. 2008. The year the Red Wings won the cup. Was it Chris Osgood, Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, or Nicholas Lidstrom?
0: Man, I'm going to get crucified if I get this wrong. Uh, 2008 was. Can you run through them one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: no. Uh, Chris Osgood, Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, or Nicholas Lidstrom.
0: I'm gonna stay on the goalie train and guess Osgood.
1: It was Henrik Zetterberg. Ah, the... he had so many clutch goals that year. Um, in Chris Osgood is like the highlight from that series, making those last like five saves in the last ten seconds. So he does give the give off the impression that. He he won a smite that year because he was good behind a Hall of Fame defense. That was
0: a good one. I should have known that. It
1: happens. This is one you better know. 2013, the second of three cups for the Chicago Blackhawks (laughs) dynasty. Was it Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Corey Crawford, or Duncan Keith?
0: How did I know that you couldn't throw a Red Wings in there without throwing a Blackhawks in there? (laughs) I shouldn't have known. Uh, 2013, though, was Patrick Kane. I do have a good memory of that one. It
1: was, yes. Patrick Kane, the famous Simply Sensational celebration um, that was totally ripped off from an Alex Ovechkin goal, but we'll live with that. <laughs> all right. Question number five. Going all the way back to 1974, the Flyers' first cup, was it Bill Clement, Bobby Clark, Bobby Orr or Bernie Perron.
0: Oh man, my uh I think I think Perron I'm a, I am think Perron won two years in a row, so it's got it's gotta be him.
1: Yes. It was Bernie Perron. Um and he did win back to back years, so I almost said his first of two, but I was afraid that would give it away. Um <laughs> Alright. So if you get this question this bonus question right, you win five for five, even though you missed two really easy ones. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> so only one player has won the con Smythe trophy three times. The only hint you get is he is a goaltender.
0: Okay.
1: Well I'll give you two hints. He's a a goal, he was a goaltender in the last thirty years. Okay. He's won three. Who was it? Uh,
0: three in the last 30 years. Uh, let's see. Shiger had at least one. I know Patrick Watt had at least two. Um. Gosh. No, Guy LeFleur would have been too old. So i got to go with Patrick Waugh.
1: It is Patrick Waugh. He had 3. I, wow, I'm actually really impressed because I the only reason I put 30 years because I thought um, you might go too far back and think of uh, the Islanders uh, dynasty. But yeah, Patrick Waugh. Nice job. Perfect 5 for 5.
0: Nice. That was a fun quiz. I like that quiz.
1: Yeah, that was um, a lot of fun making that one up because – I mean, for a while, there was only, like, five different Conn winners in, like, the <laughs> late 70s, early 80s, so they had to be fairly recent for most of them. But, yeah, so the Conn is actually, um, it is the best player no matter what nationality, um, but for some reason, Canadians seem to win it almost every year. It's crazy how that happens.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm so shocked.
1: <laughs> Calling me surprised. Um, <laughs> so, regardless of what team wins the Cup, they they both have to play next season. Is is one of these teams more or less likely to see a similar amount of success next year? Like, who are you most confident in um, win or lose that they'll be back at least in the conference final?
0: Uh, that's that's a good question. I, I would say I think I obviously I think the the Blues have a, a brighter long term future, but I I. I'm gonna say Boston, just because of where they're at right now. I tend to think that Boston's gonna go down the road that the Kings went down, and they're just gonna get old quicker than they hope. But, but I, I don't see that yeah. happening next year. And I think that I think they'll still have a strong couple of years. I I see them. I mean, they're we all know they're gonna to take Toronto in seven in the first round, and so <laughs> it's all about getting to that second round. And I think they'll find themselves in the conference finals again.
1: Dude, when I was editing last week's podcast and you made a joke about Toronto doing everything they can, just to end up losing in seventh <laughs> Boston. I died laughing, just editing it. It was that was an all time line. Sorry to any of our Toronto listeners. This is, you know, as every other podcast, a Toronto based podcast, but <laughs> you don't deserve all the credit all the time. Um,
0: yeah, what do I you think, see what do you see next year?
1: I, I think you're right. I think Boston is most set up for immediate success next year. But St. Louis does have probably like a six-year plan in front of them. Uh, I mean, Terry Sanko's no spring chicken. He's not old by any stretch, but um, they don't exactly have a decade of high-powered scoring from him. You wouldn't think, at least. Um, You know, Petrangelo's getting old, but, I mean, Bennington is a good start obviously and you know, Robbie Thomas and Vince Dunn and guys like that do seem to have promise. It's just about the O'Reilly's and Shens and Schwartzes and what you get even, you know, Alex Steen is getting up there as well. So as long as they can retool and kind of refocus every year with maybe one or two younger free agents but that have experience, I think they're they're gonna be really good for a long time. It pains me to say because they're in the same division as the Blackhawks, but They've shown a lot of tenacity. First, I mean, this is no, this has not been an easy path, and Boston's a really good team, um, and they they've hung in there. So I, I like that long term, but I really like your point about Boston probably being able to get back uh, sooner.
0: Yeah, the, the the tenacity and the determination from St. Louis is a good point because I'm I'm super interested in watching. I mean, probably outside of the Red Wings, I'll, I'll keep a very close eye on St. Louis because, as everyone knows, the first half of their season this year was very different from the second half of their season this year. And Wait, what? <laughs> I know it's 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 crazy. If you didn't know, they were in last place, like <laughs> at the beginning of the year. So, <laughs> they're I'm interested to see what half of the season they bring into next year because common sense would tell you they're going to pick back up where they left off. You know, they got Bennington. They they it seems like they play for Bennington. And, but it's it's also easy to fall into, back into you know okay well, this is this is you know who we are and then they fall into bad habits and it's it's really about I, I think I don't know how they don't keep Craig Berube but if they do I'm gonna tend to look at St Louis as picking up where they left off but I, I also wouldn't be shocked to see them get complacent. And that's not a knock against St. Louis. It's just the way things happen sometimes.
1: Yeah, and and I I think it's a good question to ask as far as as Craig Berube and and guys like Bennington. Like you have the expectation now for consistent success because of how good he started and how good he's been, regardless of a couple bad games. He, you can't say he's a bad goaltender. I think that's ridiculous if if that's your your take on, on Bennington. Um, but I will say he might've set him up, set himself up a little bit as compared to like the flyers with Carter Hart, who had way bigger expect, way higher expectations than Jordan Bennington and didn't live up to all of them. And I mean, in, in reality, he didn't, if you ask a flyers fan, even if they won six, five, Carter Hart was the reason they won. You're
0: right. Right. yeah, like,
1: Ridiculous yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Um, So, I think he's going to have an easier path to kind of stardom, maybe, in really that people will want to come to play in Philly for Carter Hart, whereas Bennington probably isn't going to be February, March Bennington forever. But he's still, you know, he can still be an above average NHL goaltender. I just don't know if he's in a class of his own as far as like being elite that young.
0: So way too early question, but do you think he finds himself in the Vesna conversation next year or or not?
1: I think Yeah. I, I think if if he comes out in and is elite Jordan Bennington, like we like we saw early on, he should be in the in the Vesna conversation because if they if he plays well, they're probably a one seed in the West. And and that's gonna be huge, especially playing in front of this um this home crowd in Saint Louis. If he's if he's early season Bennington or early career Bennington, he's a Vesna finalist, I think.
0: Yeah, I I would I would I would I would tend to I think that he's in a good spot to put himself in, in Vesna conversation next year. Um I mean, like I said, it was a way too early question. I was just kind of looking for your where you're at with it.
1: Yeah. No, I like that. I like that question though, because I mean, it's always it seems like it's always forward, other than when it's Carey Price and he won the he won the Vesna because he won the yeah. gold medal. So, you know, there's, <laughs> but the people are voting on the poll right now at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter. Uh, we have a poll up who the most overrated player in hockey is. Um, we're not going to talk about that here, but there's a poll up. Um, well, speaking of the, the Flyers and everything kind of transitioning to uh, the offseason and, and teams that are in the playoffs, the Flyers traded uh, a fifth-round pick to the Winnipeg Jets for Kevin Hayes, who can walk um, at, if he hasn't signed with uh, the Flyers by July 1st. This was weird to me, and there's not a lot to talk about because, I, I mean, Kevin Hayes is a, is a good player, and I think he's better than a lot of people. it, it I'll put it in terms of if he's your second-line center, you're in a really good spot. Because um, he's he's like the Brassard type where he could be a bad team's first-line center, but if, he, if you have a center better than him and he's on your second line, you're in a good spot. So to give him up for a fifth-round pick was weird to me, at least from the Jets' perspective, because last year, to get him from the Rangers, they traded a first, like a third, and Brandon Lemieux who you know wasn't Wayne Gretzky, but he was a good young player. I don't know. It just made no sense to me, and it happened in the first period of a Stanley Cup Finals game, which you wouldn't think would be a problem because it's more hockey, but apparently the NHL doesn't like big news happening during the Stanley Cup Finals.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, he, I agree with you. I think, he's, I think Hayes is generally underappreciated. Do you think that comes from – just playing in New York,
1: I think it's. I think that's part of it. Um, I think people sometimes he just he's not consistent enough on the score sheet. And well, he he wasn't last year for sure. Uh, and maybe the trade had a lot to do with that. Um, but he's a good all-around player, a five-tool player, if you will. And he, I, he's just not flashy or anything. And I think he and Jimmy are uh from like the Boston area. So like if they if they got tra- if he would have ended up, you know, playing in Boston it would have been a different story. I think it'd be like a like a Charlie Coyle type situation where you know him because there's a Boston heritage type deal. But uh I just don't think he, he does enough to really be noticed unless you're like a big fantasy hockey guy
0: maybe. Yeah. Okay.
1: He's a good fantasy hockey yeah. player. I mean <laughs> in, in those terms, which I mean so is Matthew Stafford as far as fantasy football, so take yeah. that as you will. But,
0: uh, Soft spot right there.
1: Um, but uh, yeah. uh,
0: So so okay. So if I followed that correctly, they've they gave up a first, a third, and a player for a fifth, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. Um. And then as far as so, my next question is because I don't I don't think I followed this as closely as you did. Do you think? And I I saw that they had traded him in hopes to. You know, sign him before he walks. Do you think that's a conversation that the Flyers had with Hayes and/or his agent before they traded for him, or do you see him? Walking? What's what's the situation there?
1: Um, I I would assume so that that one of those conversations was had, and there is um and I mentioned it before the show. There's a little bit of history with with Hayes and Elaine Vino from New York. And I will say, last I mean, last Hayes saw all of Elaine Vigneault in his eyes, he was a fourth line center. So I can see why Kevin Hayes might want to sit down with Vigneault and just kind of say, "Hey, I'm not here to play fourth line minutes. I'm not here okay. to be a grinder. Uh, I'm here to I'm here to put, be a top six forward and really make my mark on what you guys are doing." And, and Philly has a great player, like they. They gave up basically nothing to get a, a very good player, and I think it'd be a disservice to put him below yeah. the second line. I mean, unless you got two great centers, but I I mean, plot twist, Philly <laughs> doesn't really have two great centers, and Claude Drew's not getting any right. other. So I, I think there's a conversation to be had, but I, I think the in hopes to sign him was really just a, they already have a deal. They're just really not supposed to until July
0: 1st. Right, yeah. No, and I, I honestly, I think... The, the Flyers need help. I mean, if we're if we're telling a true story, the Flyers need help. And I think Hayes can provide that. I think he's, uh, uh, you know, like you said, it second to fourth. I mean, until that conversation is had, he realistically could be anywhere. But I think he adds depth to that Flyers program that they, that they need. And I'm pretty I'm, – I mean, it's a no-brainer. They're hoping they sign him. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of hoping they do too. I don't – I'm not a huge Flyers guy, but I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, turn – A good, a good leaf.
1: Yeah, and he's—I mean—seems like a nice kid, American kid. So you know, I have a soft soft spot for them. (laughs) Um, but that just kind of leads us into more off-season discussion. In, I mean, do you have a a big storyline that you're going to be following going into into the summer?
0: Uh, into the uh, into the off-season. No, I mean I don't really. I, I'm, I'm more looking to, you know, see the beginning of next season. I'm not to be honest with you. I'm not a huge offseason guy. I kind of like I, kinda, I, I yeah. let the let the chips fall where they may, and then you know talk on it after that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you you probably got something you're watching this offseason. that's more important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I because I'm so and I bring this up like every other week. I'm just so anti-baseball that I have to be consumed with hockey. So I do watch like as as I watch as much NHL network and and free agent signings and everything as I can. Um I'm really just watching for me it's teams actually prepping for next off season and getting ready for that expansion draft and and seeing who's holding on to certain assets to just kind of cushion themselves um, for next off season when they're undoubtedly going to lose someone they probably were hoping to hold on to. Um, and, you know, what teams start racking up or picks. Cause I think you can say a lot of, or you can tell a lot about a team um, by the regression or lack thereof in the off season. And you can with any sport, but uh, it's, it's, it's a fun kind of, Oh, okay. That, that might be a team to look out for type, type moment. Um, and I, I still think it's going to be the Canucks again this year. I'm, I haven't jumped off that train just yet, but uh, it'll—it's it, going to be a good off season. That actually does lead us to game number two. Oh. I know, I know. We usually just have a quiz.
0: Oh wait, 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 I, I do want to just—I guess I do want to just one thing about the off season, um, because I'm a Carlson guy, and I—I'm slightly interested in see where where he ends up. And you mentioned the Canucks too, so. I'm wondering, do you think that that's a possibility at all, or is she going to go somewhere more big market?
1: I, I, They have so much money. I just don't know. I mean, they don't have a ton. I think they still have a couple bad contracts, but it, I think that would help their Brock Besser situation because Besser isn't sure he wants to sign a long-term extension. Um, and Elias Pedersen is just so damn good that maybe Carlson can't pass that up because he's never really – He's always had a, a good forward on his team, and he probably ha- played with more elite players this year in San Jose than he's ever played with. Um, but a young kid that can really command uh, the offensive zone, I don't think he's had that like he would with Pedersen. So that's always a possibility.
0: Okay. All right. That, All right. We can get it um, now. We can get it now. I'm sorry about that. Fun- <laughs> well,
1: funny enough, that leads us directly into the first question of this game. So this is really just – this game's called Yes Man. Okay. And basically, I only have two today so we can see how it works. But basically, I'm going to ask you a question with three different answers. And if it's if one of those things, only only one of those things has to be true. And you just give me a yes or no answer. If none of them are true or one of the three or in some cases, all three are true or or something like that. Um, And you just say yes or no. But you don't explain your answer. We'll just see where you stand and kind of take a, take a peek at what you're, what you're thinking is. Okay. And then just kind of take a guessing game from one of the three answers.
0: Okay. So just so as I understand it, I'm saying yes, if at least one is correct.
1: Yes. Okay. So it's, it's one is true or none is true. Basically Uh, and we don't have to go over. um, We'll, what we'll do is we'll post on Twitter, your answer, um, and, and just kind of see what people's reaction are. And they think, okay. you know, if it's where a guy will end up, they can discuss that. So you mentioned Eric Carlson. Oh, okay. Eric Carlson next year will be a bolt Senator or shark. So if you just think one of those is true, that would be the yes.
0: I am going to say no.
1: Okay. So everyone find on Twitter, debate whether or not you think he's gonna end up with uh, that was weird though, if he's gonna end up in one of those spots <laughs> as Stephanie drops a cup in the kitchen. Um, or you know, because the senators are now gonna give him a good offer. So yeah, it, it'll, that be, report. it'll it'll be interesting to see where he ends up and, and you guys can hop over to uh to the puck puck pass pod Twitter and we can get that discussion going. Question number two The Bruins. Regardless of the outcome of this series, will win the Cup, lose in the Cup Finals, or miss the playoffs next year?
0: Wow, that's... uh, uh, I'm going to say no again.
1: Okay. All right. So, and that one gives a little bit tighter, like, block for as, as far as an answer, but it also it leaves a lot to the imagination. Yeah, So those are cool. the only two, um, but you kind of see, and I, you know, we can bring that game back and maybe switch roles or something, but yeah, like uh, that. it just keeps people guessing. And um, I can't take credit for that, but I also can't remember where I saw that game, but thank <laughs> you to whoever invented that. and, and gave us the, the great idea. Yeah
0: blanket credit, someone out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a copyright. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that'll be the off season. There's going to be a ton of stuff to to talk about in the off season. Real quick, and I didn't put this on the rundown because I actually saw it right before we hopped on um, NHL Seattle or Hockey Seattle. The like the official website mm-hmm. has like a uh, a cherry red and like sea blue color to it. Is that Ooh. just the website, or do you think we we might be looking at like the the Kraken's colors? Uh,
0: I. I wouldn't, because uh, <sighs> like when you go on the
1: Blackhawks page, it's red and black. The Red Wings are red and white. The Flyers are, are black and orange.
0: Like no, yeah, I mean it's a solid observation. I, I'm, I, I'm hoping. I guess the answer would be I'm hoping no. I'm I, I'm very against red, white, and blue teams. Uh because there's so many of them, but
1: yeah, the red and black and the red and white is just yeah. And I'd crazy. be
0: slightly upset if they didn't follow the uh, the color of all their other teams. So, I, I...
1: Yeah, I think it's Seahawks coloring. Yeah. Sorry to cut... I think it's Seahawks yeah, coloring. Yeah, that's what it. I
0: would prefer to see, to be honest.
1: I'd love Pittsburgh for, like, their... Yeah, their that's
0: exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, so with all... The way all the teams are moving... I I guess Vegas and the Raiders will be kind of close. Like, black and silver, gray and gold. Like, it'll be, like, a metallic... Yeah. Uh, consistency. And I also love... Las Vegas Golden Knights, so just an excuse <laughs> to bring them up. Um, and to be honest, they're a big off-season storyline as well. Uh,
0: they're going to be. I heard they're going to be introducing an alternate jersey next year.
1: I heard that too. Yeah, they uh, like,
0: just black and so like Raiders type of. Like, what, what do you see coming out of that alternate jersey?
1: Well, I'm wondering. Okay, so for anyone that doesn't remember, I'm. This is just going to be a minute. I'm not going to go too far off topic, but if you remember when Vegas was being formed, the NHL immediately said no gambling. Like the, you're not the Aces, you're not the the Texas Holders, like yeah, some yeah, okay. like all that stuff. Like the um. So, but that was before they made the deal with uh, MGM. Oh. So they might have some leeway for maybe like a casino style. Third jersey if they if they went to Batman because that's in place, that would be cool. I would like that a lot.
0: I would buy one. Yeah,
1: that might be my uh, the quickest jersey I've ever bought. (laughs) Uh, But it would be cool. I don't know how they tie it into. um, I mean, maybe they do the play on words like everyone thought, and they're you know Vegas Knights, and it's you know like a. um, It it I don't know. I'm not a graphic designer, but. It would. It, <laughs> they could definitely do it. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, it would be cool. Now I love jerseys.
1: We got to do a jersey, a jersey episode or something, or or do a joint because we've done logo stuff in the past. Um, if you're a new listener, if you go to our writer page on Belly of Sports, we've done a lot of logo stuff, um, and we both we we both have, uh, have some differing opinions, and mine was more AHL versus NHL, and yours was all NHL, wasn't it, Zach? Really yeah, good? mine
0: was NHL yeah. I, I, I was inspired by your A H L, but yeah
1: yeah so that's some really cool stuff if you're if you get if you're one of their newer listeners and readers definitely go check that stuff out um as far as the listeners what should they be on the lookout to watch this weekend well or did we miss anything sorry I guess I should I I, I skipped my first question because usually I go straight from 90 seconds to <laughs> did we miss anything so I, I'm kind of off off base here did we miss anything for this week
0: I don't think we missed anything. Now, I mean, it gets it gets much easier as we have you know one round going on. But yeah, I think yeah. I think we covered everything we needed to cover.
1: Um, as we finish up the podcast, it's second intermission. Still one nothing blues. Um, Jordan Binnington just making that consummate push. <laughs> the uh, it's a puck puck pass pump. But uh, yeah, so what are you watching this weekend?
0: Yeah, so we got Game uh, Six this weekend. Uh, potentially, what, no, Game 7 would be, I guess, well, it'd still be before our next podcast, so, obviously, we're finishing out the yeah. series, uh, it's sad, but this is our last, this is our last episode while the, uh, while the hockey season is going on, so.
1: Oh, wow, I didn't realize that, that's, that's depressing.
0: <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm watching the rest of that, uh, otherwise... I'm not going to kid you and say I'm turning on baseball, so I'm not. I'm not really sure what else I'm. I'm keeping my eye on right, the NBA finals, I yeah, guess, because that's. Uh, I, I always four. like to see the Warriors go down. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on that.
1: Yeah, I'll be watching. Um, I'll be watching Game Four of the finals tomorrow night, and I. I love the excuses coming out of that series. That's some <laughs> some NHL level uh, referee hate there. Um, and then obviously you know I'll I'll be watching Game Six. As much as I would love a seven game series. Um, there's no guarantee that, that the winner of this game, um, can win game seven. So uh, if the, if St. Louis is up three, two, I'll be fine with them winning in six. I'm just, I'd be ready for the, my Boston nervousness to be over. Uh, but other than that, there's really, I'm just going to be laying low. I have a weekend off. Potentially. So I don't usually get a whole weekend off. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I'm sure we'll be doing a lot of stuff with the dogs. The wife's looking at me right now. So I'm sure I have a honey-do list as long as the uh, (laughs) – a a task for every name on the cup, we'll say. Um, But, yeah, everyone, make sure you're watching. The NBA playoffs have been awesome. I know we're an NHL podcast, but you'd be missing some awesome stuff. If you're not watching that – and enjoy the rest of Game 5, 6, and 7. Uh, Zach Mack, you have a great weekend.
0: Hey, man, you have a great weekend as well, man.
1: Sounds good. I mean, I'll probably talk to you most of the weekend anyway, but just know if I lose my phone, I'm hoping you have a great weekend. <laughs> uh, everybody listening, we thank you so much as always. Uh, we'll talk to you next week to discuss uh, the end of the series and congratulate the 2019 Stanley Cup winners. For Zach Mack, I'm KJ. Thanks for listening.
0: And for the love of God, go Blues. We saw no light. We saw no signal. And we... Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at K, at BellyUpZapMac, and at PuckPuckPassPod. <laughs>